Hello, and welcome to the Eurasian Climate Brief, a podcast focusing on climate news in the region stretching from Eastern Europe and Russia down to the Caucasus and Central Asia. I'm Nathalie Soer, a Paris-based environmental journalist. This episode is co-produced by my colleagues Boris Schneider and Angelina Davidova. In the past episodes, we have focused a great deal on the environmental impacts of the Ukraine war. But today, we'd like to take you to the Western Balkans. That said, don't expect the focus to be a breath of fresh air. No, because in this episode, we are going to take a look at air pollution in Serbia. Why Serbia? If you Google the most polluted countries in Europe, chances are you will stumble upon Poland and Latvia. Serbia, however, is nowhere to be seen in many classifications. Why? Because their air quality monitoring methods are unsatisfactory and are suspected of being tampered with by the authorities. In reality, Serbians have been grappling with poor air quality for years. This is due to the country's reliance on coal, which in 2021 powered around 70% of its electricity. Old diesel-powered vehicles have also been a problem. There has been a fight back. Serbia regularly sees demonstrations against air pollution. In November 2022, hundreds took to the street in Belgrade. And as we will see, environmental lawyers are also taking the fight for clean air to court. Are they being heard? In December, the government passed an air protection programme for the period from 2022 to 2030. The legislation plans for emission reductions across the energy, stationary combustion facilities, transportation, large industrial facilities and agriculture. Time will tell whether the bill has any teeth or whether these are empty green words designed to quell increasing unrest over this subject. For now, our correspondents Lisa Auskeri and Mili Vauger-Pantovic report on the situation in the country by speaking to activists, whistleblowers and health workers to assess the scale of the problem. In a second part of the show, Boris Schneider will be talking to Mirko Popovic, the programme director of RERI, an organisation that conducts environmental and climate lawsuits in the Balkans and occasionally collaborates with Client Earth. In November 2022, RERI won a ruling to reduce illegal levels of sulphur dioxide emissions from its thermal power plants because of their threat to human health and the environment. But first, let's take a listen to the feature produced by Lisa Auskeri and Mini Voje Pantovic. Since 2019, Serbia has been under increased scrutiny after a report claimed it has Europe's worst rate per capita for pollution-related deaths, 175 per 100,000 people. Its capital, Belgrade, has several times been rated as one of the most polluted cities in the world. However, the authorities in the country have been accused of manipulating data in a bid to play down the problem. In 2020, Milinko Jovanovic was fired as head of the Air Quality Department at the Serbian Environmental Protection Agency – the official reason? They said he had opposed his seniors and Serbia's air quality monitoring stations had not been properly maintained. He believes that he was really sacked because he didn't agree with their policy of reclassifying pollution levels. I was fired because I publicly rebelled against the change in air quality presentation criteria. Concentration of pollutants which were softened before the heating season of 2020 the court found that the main reason for my dismissal was my so-called whistleblowing, 
or drawing attention to unacceptable levels of air pollution which the law does not tolerate in Bohr. Which is another impulse for the whole story that I both externally, in the public, and within my institution drew attention that this may not happen and that this jeopardises public health in Bohr, meaning that the limits of pollution were crossed. All in all, someone had a problem with truth being told. It is usual that in the whole of Serbia, to determine the level of pollution based on the concentration of suspended particles, PM10 and PM2.5, except in Bohr, which has significant pollution due to sulphur dioxide. But since last May, the smelting facility has stopped working, so Bohr is now breathing again. PM particles are of course present in Belgrade, a huge city with so much traffic, but primarily because of more than 300,000 coal-fired places where no environmentally recommended energy sources are used. Then there's industry, power supply sector, with the vicinity of Tent, which affects air pollution, in this part of Europe, let alone Belgrade. We're talking about coal, which is called lignite on paper, but in practice it's a mixture of lignite, soil, water and mazout. So Belgrade is just one of the victims of inactivity on the part of institutions in public health protection, which is a higher public interest than air pollution. Anna Filipovich is a junior legal assistant at the Renewables and Environmental Regulatory Institute. She outlined the reasons why the country has such a high level of pollution. The biggest polluters in Serbia currently are the thermal power plants, which emit dangerous amounts of sulfur dioxide. Of course, we have the impact as well as from transport, from individual heating, and uh, of course we have uh, other particles that are created by, of course, agriculture and other combustion plants. The problem with uh, thermal power plants, it is not only the, the quality of the coal that we use, which is lignite, which is of poor quality and is full of sulfur, it is also the way that we combust and the fact that uh, all of the thermal power plants in Serbia do not have desulfurization plants, which are called flue gas desulfurization plants, which are used to uh, filter the sulfur from the air emitted from the thermal power plants. So what effect is the pollution having on Serbia's population? Dizan Zuzovic is head of the Intervention Department of the City's Institute for Pulmonary Diseases and Tuberculosis in Belgrade. He believes that the pollution may be one of the reasons why life expectancy in Serbia is one of the shortest in Europe. When you look at it, the average life expectancy of men in Serbia is 72 years of age. This is one of the lowest life expectancies in the region and probably in Europe. Why is this so? Stress? Well, yes, but other nations have stress as a factor. No one lives a relaxed life nowadays. One of the reasons, in my opinion, is the air quality and the air that we breathe. It shortens the life expectancy in many ways. Higher cancer rate, more lung-related ailments, more systematic diseases. The destructions of a person's health. Problem is that we do not have enough measuring stations, so when you look at the map of Serbia, it's mostly green, simply because there are not enough measuring stations. Now, we can't view the whole of Serbia uniformly. Every micro-environment has its own micro-problem in terms of air pollution. In cities such as Belgrade, Vijavo, Kakat, Ujitsi, we mostly have particle pollutions, PM10 and PM2.5 particles, 2.5 and 10 microns. 
These are responsible for more frequent chronic diseases both in children and adults. But cities like Bohr have a bigger problem with sulphur dioxide and arsenic in the air. Environments such as Obrenovac and Kostelak are stagnant because of power plants. Because of power plants, we as a country annually give for medical expenses around 1.8 billion euros to cover medical services for disease caused directly by power plants. Alexander Yovakovich is an MP and head of the Parliamentary Committee for Ecology. He suggests the government sees clean air as a priority for Parliament, but not for its citizens. With someone's idea to acquire air purifiers for the Parliament, they have spent somewhere between 300,000 and 400,000 euros for those machines. And it is just one of the evidence that this air bubble needs to show that everything is fine while people on the street breathe bad air. In January, Serbia's Minister of Environmental Protection announced an investment of 2.6 billion euros in an air protection programme to reduce emissions. With the end of winter in sight, Belgradians will be hoping the intervention to reduce the country's pollution will come sooner rather than later. Thank you to Lisa Auskeri and Miliboje Pantovic for this feature. Now let's hear from Mirko Popovic, the programme director of RERI, an organisation that conducts environmental and climate lawsuits in the Balkans. Boris began by asking him about the state of air quality in Serbia right now. Unfortunately, Serbia is among the most polluted uh, countries in Europe. Uh, and many days during the winter and heating seasons, uh, Serbian capital are among the most polluted cities in the world. The most, uh, the, the significant source of pollution are from uh, thermal power plants and individual households. And uh, the source of pollution, it's a, we have a historical problem of a few decades of, uh, few decades of neglection of uh, responsibility of public authority to keep uh, attention about pollution and their air quality. So I would say that the main reason is the lack of responsibility of public authority and actually the pollution is a consequence of that. And uh, this has been a constant trend for the last years or decades? Something like that. Serbia, is, with support of European Union, Serbia starts to monitor air quality through automatic monitoring station in 2011. So uh, uh, I assume that the problem stands even before, but, uh, but from 2011, we have an uh, automatic monitoring system for measuring air quality, and the thing is... Uh, uh, more than less year by year is uh, worse and worse. For example, the, the capital of Serbia, Belgrade, is in the third category of air quality, meaning over-polluted air for more than five years, constantly according to the data from the National Environmental Protection Agency. The same stands for many citizens. Uh, yeah, in, uh, in last air quality report of the Serbian National Air Protection Agency, we have around 20 cities, and I'm speaking about the biggest cities in Serbia with uh, over 3 million of inhabitants which are uh, affected by over-polluted air. Actually, we are, uh, when we speak about this problem, we used to say that uh, the air uh, quality is good in those cities when, where there is no monitoring station. Oh. Where we have monitoring station, the air is bad. 
We'll come to that question in a bit. Uh, but something else that I want to ask you is whether the Ukraine war and the energy crisis that uh, goes along with it, whether it has worsened the problem by prompting Serbia to stick to coal. Well, uh, to, to a certain extent, Serbia was already in a deep problem related to energy source. So the the war in Ukraine and the energy crisis as a consequence did not strike Serbia Uh, related to coal consumption, because uh, just before the the war in Ukraine started, we had uh, several problems about coal supply, and we had a few accidents in our electricity companies uh, related to low quality of coal. So, uh, Serbia, as uh, in previous decades, Serbia was a country which mostly used uh, domestic coal, but now we also use imported coal mostly from countries in the region, from Montenegro, from Bosnia and Herzegovina. So related to coal consumption, the, the war in Ukraine didn't affect Serbia. Related to Serbia is also uh, depend on, uh, on gas. Most uh, the largest amount of gas supply coming from either from Russia or from a Russian company, Gazprom Neftin So we didn't face the problem with gas supply this year. And uh, our heating system functions still in uh, in 2022 without reduction or without supply problems. In one of our episodes from December 2021, we saw plans by Rio Tinto to develop a lithium mine being met with weeks of protests. Critics were saying that the mine could cause uh, really strong damage to the environment and pollute the country's water supply. Why, in your opinion, are we not seeing this scale of protests over air quality? Have people, in a way, just given up? We also, uh, in the last few years, the public uh, interest for air quality significantly raised. So we also get the uh, protests against the air quality problems, but on the la uh, on the smaller scale than it was the protest related to. Somehow, uh, it, it is important to understand that somehow the Rio Tinto protests were closely linked with the political situation in the country because those protests came just before the elections. And the Serbian political leaders care very much about public service. So they, I assume, they find out that the protest and the The, the Rio Tinto project could cause them so much politics. And that's why they pay attention to this protest. And actually, at the end, in some very strange and uh, uninstitutional way, they allegedly dismissed the project, which is not the case. Project is not dismissed. But however, it was a, a result of several different uh, reasons why these protests were so, let's say, so visible to the public and also to the international public. But air quality protests did not, although we had air quality protests uh, several times before and after the protests. The issue with air quality is that it does not affect you directly. Indeed, yeah. It is not something that will strike you directly, but we are used to that, that the air quality is bad and uh, somehow people live with that. Also, the uh, measure of air quality is linked with the price of electricity, it links also with habits of people. 
which should be changed. So I think it is a, a matter of air quality. Or it should be tackled on the institutional level, but also it should be tackled on the level on everyday habits of the people. Uh, it is important to mention that it doesn't mean that the citizens of Serbia are responsible for air quality. The institutions and public authorities are responsible. But still, we need to make some changes in our life in order to contribute to the battery. Sure, we need to develop a consciousness and an awareness for this problem in the first place. Let us now talk about one of the main topics of your organization, which are environmental lawsuits. So in 2021, you collaborated with Client Earth to sue the state-owned electricity company, EPS, for massively exposing Serbians to sulfur dioxide. And indeed, the substance was being released six times above the legal limit. And this is a case you won. In November 2022, Belgrade's higher court effectively ordered EPS to reduce illegal levels of sulfur dioxide emissions from its thermal power plants because of their threat to human health and to the environment. Could you give us a little bit of context behind the lawsuit? Um, how did it come about in the first place? Yes, uh, first of all, uh, I should uh, say that this is still first in instance right. verdict. So, so we are still waiting for confirmation of that verdict. However, it is a big success of uh, our strategic litigation campaign. So the Serbia is a member of energy community. Serbia is a candidate for European Union. Uh, uh, years ago, more than... Uh, More than five years ago, we adopted certain laws and procedures related to reduction of uh, uh, pollution from thermal power plants, for uh, uh, mainly sources of pollution like sulfur dioxide, uh, nitrogen oxides, and particular matters. And the Serbian electricity company was obliged to reduce uh, emissions of these pollutants to certain annual levels according to so-called national emission reduction plan. And the, the substance of our legal action was disrespect of legal obligations. This disrespect of legal obligation resulted, as you said, with the emission of sulfur dioxide, which are six times higher than it is allowed. It is almost like the, the half of emission of sulfur dioxide in whole Europe. Wow. This is the scale of the problem. And it affects human health, it affects human rights to clean environment, it affects you know, human rights to enjoy private homes and private property because acidification, which results from sulfur dioxide, also endanger material goods, uh, soil, water, etc. For the purpose of preparation of our case in front of the court, We also engage technical experts and we engage health experts, which was very important because it was very important to explain this direct link between emissions and endangerment of, of human health. So finally, after almost two years of, of uh, combating this battle in front of the court, the higher court issued first instance verdict and banned the electricity company to emit the uh, sulfur dioxide uh, uh, above the uh, limits defined by National Emission Reduction Plan, but only from 2023, because it goes back. So we will see what, uh, now we are waiting to see what will happen in this year. And I think that this judgment, uh, beside this 
immediate effect uh, towards the, the rule of law and respect of the environmental legislation. I think that also importance of this case is that it will speed up coal phase out in the in the Western Balkans and in Serbia. So I think that situation is it changed after this court sentence. I, I'm aware that uh, it is not the uh, this court sentence is not the sole measure sure. that influences. Yeah call phase out, but I think it significantly will contribute to call phase out, not only in Serbia, but in the whole region. And I also think it will influence other organizations of legal experts to conduct similar actions in order to combat pollution and break the law in environmental legislation. Maybe picking up on, on your last sentence, have there been any other notable climate lawsuits in the Western Balkans? Is this a trend that you can see growing? I think it is a trend that uh, will grow in the in the Balkans. Uh, I would say uh, uh, that uh, my organization, in among the pioneer organizations in the Western Balkans dealing with the strategic litigation in environment, so far and as far as I know, we still did not get, have a climate case related to emission of CO of CO2 or endangerment of the of the environment by not undertaking climate action because it's a bit different in the developing countries in the Western Balkans than it is in the European Union. However, we said uh, at this moment we have a significant number of local organizations or national organizations which undertake different legal actions in order to protect it while. So to say, RERI is not the sole organ, we are not the only one. And I'm happy about that. And But there are also organizations that use legal tools in Bosnia, in Macedonia, in Montenegro, in Serbia as well. But I think that the case uh, that RERI initiated is the, the most significant having in mind its possible influence on policies, on people, on legal system, it is very important. And I really believe that uh, this kind of approach to environmental protection, the using the law and using strategic mitigation as a tool to protect the environment, will grow in Western Balkans like it is now in its speed up uh, in Europe. However, it is important also to have a uh, uh, the substance of high-quality climate and environmental policy is independent tradition and the rule of law. And here in the Western Balkans, we don't have independent tradition. It is, I think that it is far more easier to conduct such case in some stable democracy in Western Europe uh, compared to situation in, in Serbia, because It is here, it is very difficult to manage all obstacles related to, to the lack of independency of, of judiciary. However, I think this case will contribute that, that judges uh, and the whole judiciary will be more introduced and more aware about the environmental crimes. We have very, uh, very low statistics when we are speaking about environmental crimes. And the final verdicts related to environmental practice, particularly to the crimes which are defined as environmental pollution. It is defined, it is recognized in Serbia criminal court, but we have a very small number of, of cases. Ren 
contribute significantly to this, not only by this case against the electricity company, we also have cases against the uh, Zijin company in Borg and some other polluters. Uh, let's jump to a topic that um, you mentioned a little bit before in the interview, um, the country's Environmental Protection Agency. There was a case in 2020 when uh, Milenko Jovanovic, a scientist who used to work for this agency, uh, claimed that he was fired because he blew the whistle over its decision to weaken the criteria used to measure air pollution. In the feature that we also have in this episode, this case is mentioned. And I would like to ask you, what is your take on this affair? And maybe as a follow-up question right away, um, since the dismissal of Jovanovic, do you believe that the problem of uh, refashioning air quality standards has been still ongoing? Yes. So we witness the trend of uh, lower transparency of environmental protection agency years ago. And actually this situation with Mr. Jovanovic and his dismissal was, uh, from uh, my point of view, it's not only, it's important to say, it is not only person that was dismissed in the environmental sector. We had several either dismissal or people were removed from their position in the Ministry of Environment and the Environmental Protection. It was uh, a tent of public authorities to reduce the transparency and actually to silence to silence people. The case which is related to this problem was that it is not about, we, we, uh, we transpose uh, European air quality directly and we use the similar, uh, uh, similar emission uh, limits level as it, it is used in, in European Union. Uh, it will now in European Union, it will be changed in the new directive. So I, I'm not sure whether we are, we are, will be able to follow. But It was the problem how these data are interpreted, actually how these criteria are interpreted through so-called air quality index. And it was uh, it became different than the, the one in the European Union. To, to try to clarify it, if the European Union is certain level of emission of, let's say, of nitrogen oxide is considered poor in European Union, it is considered acceptable in Serbia. But it doesn't mean that we have changed the uh, limit values. We just changed the way how we interpret it. It is very important for ordinary people. You know, ordinary people are not aware about limit values, are not aware about concentration. They want uh, uh, simple information. Is air bad or good today? This was the situation with with the, the, the with, with this where Serbian air quality index is different than the one one in the in the European Union. And as you mentioned before, Serbia and as probably most of our listeners know, is a country candidate to the EU, yet the bloc often appears rather timid in its defense of Serbia's government. Um, so how do you as an organization leverage this EU candidacy in your legal battles, if you do so at all? The fact that Serbia is a candidate country and the fact that officially Serbia is still EU accession is a dominant uh, foreign policy goal of, of Serbia is very important for us. To be honest, we are not uh, uh, 
funds of European Union because we think it's a paradise and it's a, it is the great and the perfect system. It is not the perfect system. We are aware of that. However, we can witness that environmental and climate policy in European Union gain results, concrete results. If you compare air quality in the cities in European Union with those outside of European Union, you will see that the European Union policy gave some concrete results. So that's why European Union agenda is still very important for us. However, what we need, we need to link European Union uh, principle fundamentals first, meaning the rule of law, protection of human rights and fundamental freedoms should be linked with issue of endangerment of human rights to health and safeguard the environment. Because here in Serbia, our human rights are endangered, and those human rights should be considered as a matter of the rule of law and of the human rights protection, meaning the chapter 23 of negotiation, as well as chapter 27, environment and climate change. This would, I think, change also the perspective from European Union officials, as well as perspective of domestic officials, because environment is still not as important as it is chapter 23, human rights and fundamental freedoms. Mirko, thank you very much for this interview. Thank you. That's it for today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave us a review and share the episode on social media. Our podcast is supported by Enost, a Berlin-based NGO backing cross-border journalism, the Moscow Times and the European Climate Foundation. A big thank you to our three partners for making our work possible. We'd love to know your thoughts on the topics we discuss in each episode. Get in touch on Twitter, where you'll find us at Eurasian Climate. If you can, please support our show on Patreon at patreon.com slash Eurasian Climate. We'll be back next month with a new episode, so see you then.